Hey, Tyler. Hey, Jay. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Okay. Uh, I have a question for you. Oh, I, ho- I hope I have an answer. Okay, this one is is nerdy. Yes. Okay, I kind of came two to the right place. I kind of two questions. What is your favorite? Here's the here's the first one. What is your favorite sci-fi property that is not Star Wars? Hmm. How do we define sci-fi? Science fiction. Right. Uh, spacey things. Not like so uh, Indiana Jones is not sci-fi. That's adventure. Right. right. Um, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is fantasy. Is, is fantasy. So yeah. like Lord of the Rings is not sci-fi. Right. Um, but I would say property like it, like a franchise. So not just like I love the movie The Last Starfighter or something like that. Like it's got to be something that I think is more than just a one-off. And see, so I, Harry Potter, not sci-fi. No, that's, that's fantasy. That's fantasy. Too. Yeah. Oh. I think in terms of sci-fi, like the only property that I have any investment in, and I know I'm going to get pushed back on this too, is Star Trek, specifically with uh, the new movies with J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Wait. Hang on. <sighs> but that was my entrance into it because, like, I I truly was only just straight Star Wars um, was my sci-fi fix. And then I kind of got into Star Trek because Sarah dragged me to the okay. first one. So, like, Chris Pine is your captain? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, to, again, I know that's offensive on yeah. so many levels to Star Trek. Yeah. Well, proper I mean, Trekkies. It's kind of, that would be uh, akin to someone saying The Force Awakens is the best Star Wars movie. Right. Uh, so it's not wholly offensive, but it is, it's something they, where you would say, what? What are you yeah. talking? Like, what? How do you, how could you yeah. possibly get I mean, there? some people yeah. get really really worked up about it but i think that people don't hate the the new star trek movies except no. for like hardcore purists do because right. they don't like the the prime narr- like the the whole kind of deviated timeline right which is a good jj abrams it's how he snuck yeah. his way in it's a good yeah. way to not have to be holding to canon which is nice right and it's cleaner than the star wars idea which is just none of this counted yeah like we're just gonna say <laughs> okay all of on. the books and everything like that is now gone okay moving on yeah yeah so um but plus benedict cumberbatch as as con as con yeah that he's was america's sweetheart which he, is funny because he's british he is uh that was a little frustrating i see i really liked those movies i did like star trek growing up my dad was real into star trek so yeah. it was just kind of around i love leonard nimoy so yeah the the Spock uh, connection was what I always thought uh, Captain Kirk was. Um, I thought he was arrogant and annoying, and I thought uh, as a kid I couldn't articulate this. But William Shatner's a bit of an overactor. I know that's not no necessarily. No kidding. Not sure if anyone's ever pointed that out before. <laughs> and as a kid, I kept thinking like, why is he acting so weird? And then Spock, <laughs> especially in comparison, because yeah. he has to be emotionless. I think I really gravitated towards Leonard Nemo because like everybody on the show is so melodramatic, Over but this guy, time. yeah. This guy seems like he's super chill all the time. Um, and I just like Leonard Nimoy. And then I watched all those movies uh, when I was a kid. Cause See, I've not seen a single... Oh, they're good. ...the movie from Star Trek. A Wrath of Khan... The second... They they are... Um, it's, it's almost a joke, but it's pretty consistent that the even ones are really good and the odd ones are less good. Yeah. So... And you don't need to have seen the other... They, you don't really need to go in order for them to make sense. Right. Um, if you know the players, you can you can. Yeah, and even though th- there's a there's a through line from two to four, you can skip three and not be that lost. Right. Like the search for Spock is really a filler that kind of sets you up, and the story like it be- the beginning of um, the fourth movie, which is probably the most accessible movie, 
because they come back to the present, which is 1987 San Francisco. <laughs> and uh, and it's pretty funny, like, fish-out-of-water stuff. It's yeah. very um, Crocodile Dundee, but with <laughs> Star Trek. <laughs> and they're searching for Spock. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. That's the third oh, one. That's the fourth one is okay. the, the Voyage Home. Gotcha. And they have to go back and catch some humpback whales. It's 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 ridiculous. Okay, <laughs> but well, aren't they all? Yeah, they know? really are. I mean, the second one is the best one. The second one is Wrathicon. Uh, Wrathicon yeah. is great. And all, all that was my long way of getting around to saying I really liked the first two new ones, Star yeah. Trek and then Star Trek Into Darkness. I don't I think still I've have seen not the seen the third one. one. Yeah, no. and I liked the other two enough that it's surprising I didn't see the third. I meant to see it in the theaters even, and then we just didn't, and I still haven't seen it. I think what I'm basically coming around to is that I'm just the J.J. Abrams fan. Okay, uh, because I thought he the, didn't do the third one, did he? No, I don't think yeah. he did. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't think that the new or the Force Awakens is the best Star Wars movie. No, but it was good. It was good. Uh, and freaking lost. Lost is incredible. Although that's show. Lindelof more than anything, Damon Lindelof. Yeah, but he was Abrams. JJ Abrams helped set it up. Yeah, yeah. and then Lindelof uh, and Carlton Cruz uh, took it. What else has JJ Abrams done? Because I feel like Felicity. He... Yeah, <laughs> Regarding Henry. Yeah. No. No. Uh, Alias. Yeah, I watched a little bit of Alias. Okay, and he did Super Eight. I didn't see that. Super Eight's good. Yeah. So it's when J- I guess I should say when J.J. Abrams comes on my turf, yeah. I get interested. Yeah, yeah. J.J. Abrams is good. His thing, I think he did a, a TED talk on this, is the mystery box. Yeah. Which is really cool, except it's like one big MacGuffin. Meaning like there's not, it's more cool to be excited by what's in the box than to find out what's in the box. Right. And one could critique his movies, as we will do next week. Yes. Uh, by saying, well, he just, he doesn't care about what's in the box. He cares about. Putting a box in front yeah, of Yeah, and saying, ooh, what's in that box? But not actually yeah. doing anything about it. Uh, Which I, is, yeah. I wouldn't be that harsh about it, but it, it, you can kind of see it when you look back at it. He yeah. also did Mission Impossible 3. Yeah. Jimmy's favorite movie. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me. <laughs> that was a Stephen yeah. Colbert joke. It's that... based on the, uh, it's it's the we, the <laughs> we characters. Me. <laughs> um. Well, I so I I liked Star Trek, but my favorite uh, science fiction property that's not Star Wars is Doctor Who. See, that is a nerd area that I have yeah. not involved myself yeah. in, and I feel like I should. You really should, and it's a lot more accessible now than it ever has been. In that, since they rebooted it, I think it started in like two thousand three or two thousand four. Um, it had been so. The coolest thing about Doctor Who. And the word cool and Doctor Who don't usually exist in the same <laughs> sentence, uh, is that it is one continuum that they have a great device to allow it to be so. Right. So they, we're now on, I think, the 14th Doctor. Right. They keep swapping Doctors. They right? keep swapping Doctors because they wrote this into the show, at, like when the initial... So it started in 1968, 66, right? something like that. And there was a Doctor who did two or three seasons... And then he was old and wanted to be done, but the show was popular enough they wanted it to keep going. So they created this thing in the plot where the doctor regenerates. Hmm. And uh, when he regenerates, he's a completely different person. And he retains some of the memories and stuff of the old guy, but he does not have the same personality. Right. And so it's, a, it's like a perfectly written device to just recast it completely. You know, it's not like James Bond where you kind of have to find the same person. Right. Right. There's right. a really interesting internet theory that, James Bond is a Time Lord, like like Doctor Who, that he just keeps regenerating. Oh, neat! Which would be I can be, see that. It'd be an interesting thing for yeah. him to have done. 
There's also uh, uh, in Skyfall. Did you see James Bond? Oh yeah, I love okay. James Bond. So in Skyfall, and well, necessary caveat for all the things that are wrong with James Bond. But yeah, yes. oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's it's problematic. That uh, and they kind of address it in the newer ones. But anyway, yeah. Skyfall at the end when uh, they get there and the old man's there. Yeah, he's like, Emma, come on and get the gun. Like that guy who's living at Skyfall. <laughs> Um, who the is butler, who's, yeah. who's just rocking a heavy artillery. Yeah, for and that a, guy's awesome. Um, and he, uh, initially, that was going to be played by Sean Connery. Oh, and that would And made. it was going to, the whole insinuation is that James Bond is an alias that a person takes on. Interesting. And so they were going to have it be that, like, an old James Bond retires to Skyfall. Skyfall. And... Which would have been really, really cool. I wish they would have done it. And I think they were going to do it, except that Sean Connery had retired from acting. Yeah. Like he, after he's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, done. he's like, I'm not making any more movies. This yeah. was really stupid. And I don't that understand would have movies fit anymore. fit so well with that movie because it got nostalgic yeah. for the old James Bond yeah. stuff. And it was oh. setting it up really well. Yeah. So you can kind of, if you watch that movie again, knowing that that character was supposed to be Sean Connery as old James Bond yeah. and create this whole explanation as to why there's so many different James Bonds that the James Bond is just a code name that's taken on by a different person at different times. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't have fit perfectly because no, those, right, but it, but, and those movies are not designed for continuity. No, They're just designed for, uh, flashy cars and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and so Dr. Who, um, has, uh, each time a new, an actor leaves, they regenerate and get a new actor and it kind of tonally changes the show. Um, I used to watch it along with Monty Python. So I used to watch Monty Python and Doctor Who because it was on PBS. Yep. So when I was in like fifth grade and I watched it and it was just, uh, my friend had told me about him and it was just fun to watch British stuff. And it was something about it. It never really made sense. And I couldn't tell if it didn't make sense because it was British or because it was science fiction, but it was always like a little goofy. Yeah. And especially the original ones, the ones they showed on PBS the most were the fourth doctor, um, Tom Baker, the one with the scarf. So if you've ever seen a, a doctor with a like trench coat and a scarf, um, that's kind of, and he was the longest doctor, I think until David Tennant. So there's a 20 year gap in like, I think 89 to, I guess 99 when they brought it back or 2000, anyway. Ooh. And, uh, in that it was almost like it was canceled. And so once they brought it back, then it's had a different flavor and a bigger budget. And it's actually been kind of cool to like it. It was never really cool to like it. Yeah. Before. Right. And not like, I liked it when it wasn't cool, but it really wasn't cool. And if you watch those old ones, you're like, this show doesn't seem cool at all. Right. It's not trying to be cool. <laughs> it's very British. Yeah. In the midst of all that, I thought I might change my answer because oh. uh, I, I realized, and I'm going to be very specific because this, this franchise has taken off into places I don't think are great. Terminator. Ooh, Terminator. Terminator That's a good one. Terminator is such a good, the first two movies. Yeah. Um, before they kept bringing Arnold Schwarzenegger back because how funny is that? Yeah. Um, and it's, I do have to say, I've seen all of them without trying to. No, I haven't seen all of them because I've never seen the first one. Really? Yeah. It oh, doesn't, it's doesn't the make best any one, sense. I think. Is it? I think the second one has to be the best one because the, the, the effects are so good. Well, yeah. And I the mean, story is so good. Like, I think that the first one, I haven't seen the first one. I've, I've seen probably 25 minutes of the first one, and it seems like it's a story that wants a better budget yeah. and is kind oh, of making true. do. And, and, and is. In a some way, I mean, kind of like Jaws becomes a better movie because the mechanical shark doesn't work, so they have to kind of shoot around it. Yeah. I think that um, the first Terminator, my assumption is that there's probably a lot of things that they would have shown you had they had oh, the budget, for... but since they didn't, they kind of had to do things with a slight of hand. Yeah. It's, it is limited. Yeah. I think as a story, as a concept, though, it, yeah. it, it holds up pretty well. 
I feel like uh, Terminator 2 and Jurassic Park are two of the movies where the special effects uh, are so fully realized that they don't, they're not dated. Yeah. And even in a way, like you can see now, like you may be able to see the seams and certain things, but they're used so effectively that they're never to say, look at these special effects. Yeah. But they are in a way where they don't hide the special effects. And so they use them, they put all the money on the screen for the right stuff. But it's not just trying to push special effects on you like a series of movies Don't that make we might talk about here. Right <laughs> well, I'm Jay. And I'm Tyler. <laughs> and this is Rubbing the Pastor. So we are here in week two of the Star Wars trilogy of trilogies. Yeah. Uh, I, can I can I start here? Because I'm going to pick up on a thread that we mentioned at the last episode. Yeah. And I, I've been doing my homework. Uh, okay. There have been a couple of days between the most recent episode of Star Wars and this one. Yep. And I went back and I started. I watched A New Hope. Yeah. Uh, which, fun fact. Did you watch it on uh, Disney Plus? I did. My clunky. And then I had to read up on that again because I was like, what the heck, Lucas? Um, and the worst part, too, is that it actually, like, George Lucas sold Lucasfilm for $4 billion, and yet he still came in and was like, please change this. Uh, George Lucas. But uh, Listen to the last episode if, you, yeah, if, if you're missing about my feelings on, on George Lucas. Or listen to this episode because he it's also directed It's coming up again. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Uh, but, but I note with interest that no Jedi in that movie, Vader, Obi-Wan, or Luke, can move things with their mind. Oh, in a new hope, right? Yeah, that seems you did send me that. Yeah. That seems a, a Jedi power that that can't be found. But there here's are so where, there are so many things that well, we're just not keep adding on. Fully realized in the first movie. Right. The fir- again, the first movie was supposed to be just one movie done, and then they when they all of the mythology and everything was expanded upon for the second movie. Yeah, that's why the second movie is so heady. Right. And so, but here's the assignment to either you or to uh, <clears throat> Rachel Jones, uh, musicologist. Mm-hmm. Our webmaster, uh, Rachel Jones. When you uh, when when you see Luke staring out at the suns on Tatooine, you right that specific theme that theme comes up a lot. As it's called the Force theme. It's the Force theme, as yep. you said. It's Luke's theme. It was Luke's theme, and then they changed it to Force theme. I cannot find that version of it on any soundtrack. What? When he's standing at, at Tatooine staring off oh, at the I'm suns. Oh, I'm sure I can find that. I'm sure I have it on my box set of it. Well, send it on over. I mean, it's, it's, I'm Spotify, I'm iTunes, I'm YouTube. Okay, I'll check the Spotify. I may just have to have it on MP3 because I have... So I have, from like 1996, I bought a box set of everything. Yeah. And it. I'm sure it's in that. But I can't figure out why why it's not prevalent now. Yeah. That's a, that's a mystery I want to get to. It's not on the Spotify one? Mm-mm. Oh, my. Yeah, check it out. Okay, but anyway, so that takes us to it, we le- when we left you last week, uh, we had ended. Yeah, we had, so the uh, Jedi has come out. George Lucas has gotten a divorce. He says, "I'm done with this." Yes, somebody else can do him. And, and, and then, and for their flaws, we ended at a a trilogy of movies that ended in a 
delightfully satisfying place. Absolutely. And and for as much as we as much of that episode is complaining, we do have to reiterate we love those movies. Oh, those three. Are the original great. trilogy, there's a lot you can pick at it for, but there's really nothing I mean, they are uh, in a very real sense, perfect. And I think some of the biggest things we picked at were the changes from the special edition, right. well, which is so going, frustrating. Going back to perfection and making it and making air it quotes yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one of the so, which again uh, is a microcosm of the theme we're about to pick up. Yeah. One of my biggest issues with the end of Jedi. Which end? Uh, in the special edition, the current canon. Yeah. Uh, is when you get floating Anakin head Ugh. at the end of it. One, for many reasons. One... You're talking Hayden Christensen? Hayden Anakin? Christensen, yeah. Anakin head as, as the ghost. Why is Obi-Wan Kenobi not young? Why is Yoda not young? Why does he not have the same face of the person of the age that he died like the other two actors? Right. When he was still good, too. It's not like, hey, this is the last time he's good because Hayden Christensen was not good. Never. Never good. Never good. As an actor or a character <laughs> or in any yeah. way... Well, and it's funny, and again, we'll come to the new uh, trilogy in a minute. Well, let's let me table yes. that because let's yeah. st- let's set this up properly. Okay, so I think they uh, I'll put this in there and maybe come back to you later. I think they found what they wanted Christian Haydenson to be Hayden Christensen, whatever, uh, in um, Andrew Driver. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You want a moody kind of Adam not, Driver? Yes. Gosh, yeah. I'll get somebody's name right eventually. <laughs> um, you want a moody kid that's not quite in touch with his feelings. A- Adam Driver, yeah. yeah, yeah, does it just right. When I was talking to our good friend Rob Bradford earlier today, and he he is also rewatching them because they have uh, a, a person who is staying with them who has never seen any of the movies oh. and wants to see number nine. So they went through the original trilogy. Now they're going through the prequel trilogy. Oh, my prayers and, are with uh, you, Rob. And and she's never seen any of the movies. She's twenty seven years old, never seen them. Yeah, and, but culturally knows about them. So like all the things are coming up. She's like, of course that's Luke's dad. Like there's nothing surprising right, for her. Right. Well, that's rough because yeah. that's a no, big but, part of the story. Yeah, but, exactly. You know. But it's also rough if you watch the prequels first because the prequels Ugh. reveal everything. So all of the big secrets of the original trilogy are revealed in the prequels. Yeah. Anyway, before we start ranting, let's get to this. So we figured that one of the best things to help you with is to tell you the plot of uh, the story. So this is the Wikipedia explanation. Feel free to comment on Can't this. Can't wait to Okay, hear so it. think about this. Last movie comes out in 1983. Yep. It's Year I born. Yeah, and then it's 1999. Yes. We are all excited. We have been given the special editions, which were released in theaters, to which we all said, yay, what? Yeah. Oh, well, yay. Like that, that was basically the consensus. We were all super excited for them. We did not know that they were coming with new movies after them. Right. And then it was revealed kind of at the end, hey, guess what? I'm making another movie. It'll be out in two years. So that was really exciting. The buzz was huge. Yeah. So Bernie Sanders style, don't say the H. Huge. So uh, the uh, 1999 I was there at the midnight show. I, I had waited in line for, I think, six hours yeah. at Tinseltown in Boardman, Ohio, because that was the only place that was uh-huh. showing it or that was having a thing. So I waited in line, got tickets. The earliest tickets I could get, I think their earliest show was like 10.30. So I got yeah. four tickets for my family or five tickets, something like that. And then I found that the theater closer was actually showing a midnight show and they didn't have to wait for it. And a friend of mine had bought two tickets and her sister couldn't go. So she's like, would you like to go? Hey. And so I went at 
midnight. The first opening night, I saw it at midnight. I saw it then the next morning, and then I saw it a third time in 24 hours. Now, how old, how old were you? I was 19. Yeah, so I was a good bit younger. Yeah. Um, well, 15, but like, or 16, but still yeah. a very different place in life. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah. So I, so imagine the excitement. I'm 19. I uh, like, I've grown up consciously with this for a very long time. Yep. I'm an adult choosing to do this. I had no tattoos at this point, but I had thought many times of getting a tattoo and it had been Darth Vader on the back of my calf, really big. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm very excited. I was thinking like, maybe I'll get a tattoo after this. Maybe there'll be all kinds of new things. I'm so excited for all the things. Maybe we'll hear about the clone wars, maybe about all the yeah. stuff. Oh, because it's speaking of mystery boxes. Yes. There are oh, a few. there's so many. And so the lights go down. <laughs> the fanfare comes up. Set We're all so excited. Oh, that, then by they, the by, just in terms of experiences. Oh, oh man. That was It was great. a theater full of people, just like bananas. So this yeah. is the midnight show in Newcastle, Pennsylvania at Westgate Cinemas. And then all of a sudden, the scroll comes up and the scroll tells us. And I don't have the text of the scroll, but here's the plot. Oh, boy. The Trade Federation upsets order and disrupts peace in the Galactic Republic by blockading the planet Naboo in preparation for a full-scale invasion. Trade! Right, kids? Taxes! Blockades! What? Uh, the Republic leader, Supreme Chancellor Valorum, dispatches Jedi Master Qui-Gon Jinn and his apprentice, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay, now I'm paying attention. Yeah, but yeah. what? Supreme Chancellor? Uh, wait, okay, so Obi-Wan Kenobi... You're paying attention? Yeah. To negotiate with Trade Federation Viceroy, Viceroy Newt Gunray. So they're, they're, they send Jedi to negotiate yep. trade <laughs> deals. Uh, Darth Sidious, a Sith Lord, and the Trade Federation's secret benefactor, orders the Viceroy to kill the Jedi and begin their invasion with an army of battle droids. The Je that was pretty cool. Yes. The Jedi escape and flee to Naboo. During the invasion, Qui-Gon saves the life of clumsy Gungan outcast Jar Jar Binks oh my God. from being run over by a droid transport. Uh, indebted to Qui-Gon, Jar Jar leads the Jedi to Oda Gunga, an underwater city of Naboo. The Jedi try to persuade the Gungan leader, Boss Nass, to help the planet's surface dwellers, but are unsuccessful. However, the Jedi managed to obtain Jar Jar's guidance and underwater transport to feed the capital of Naboo. Which, first of all, they Jedi mind trick the dude. So yeah. making it seem like he's weak-minded as yeah. their leader. He must be punished. That's... A, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. What? Who thinks... What is wrong with George Lucas that he thinks that this is funny? The whole Boss Nass scene mm -hmm. is bonkers. It's insane. So I... Uh, we, let's pause for a second. Yeah. I'm not a Jar Jar apologist, but I'm a Jar Jar okayist. I'm oh. okay with Jar Jar. I'm not. I, I mean, I don't like him, but he's just there. He's basically Michelle Tanner. <laughs> like, everything he says is Michelle Tanner, the baby from... Uh, it's like I'm, I was waiting for him to say, you got it, dude. Yeah. Because he says, excuse me, at one point. Um, and, I mean, it's... So, again, entire script written completely by George Lucas. Right. He has not he written has any of the scripts by himself, including the first one, even though there's credit for it. He had a lot of help on that first one. Right. So this is a solo project. This is not a screenwriter. Yeah. George Lucas, but he <laughs> yeah, has decided say. I'm going to write be I'm going to write everything and you can see why he's not a screenwriter. Yeah. Uh so Jar Jar Banks 
We'll, we'll come back to Jar Jar. <sighs> so anyway, they rescue the queen's fortune, or the 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 they narrowly avoid getting eaten by a sea monster on the way. Yeah, uh, because why not? Because there's always a bigger fish. Yeah, <laughs> they rescue <laughs> uh, <laughs> they rescue Naboo's 14 year old queen. It's important that they establish that she's 14 yeah. because in a second they're going to establish that Anakin is nine, and it's so creepy. Yep. Uh, they rescue Padme Amidala and escape from the blockade planet on her royal starship. But we don't know that yet, right? Uh, no, she's, she's just Queen Amidala and yeah. her handmaiden Padme. Yeah. Padme is disguised as a handmaiden named Padme. Yes. So uh, keeping huh. keeping with the dumb uh, disguises and aliases of the prequels yeah. is that Padme Amidala hides as Padme. Yes. So that's like James Bond going undercover as Jimmy, as, as James. Yeah, not even, she's not as like Patty. Yeah, she's, right. a, she's as her first name. And by the as a, as a stunt double. By the by, by the by. Yeah, stands inches away from the decoy. Yeah. most of the movie. Which, by the way, so- now you can. Now that we know who she is, I don't know if you noticed this, but that's Kira Knightley. Really? Yeah. And if you know that going in, it's clearly Kira Knightley. Really? Like at the time, we didn't know what Kira Knightley looked like. So it's like, I think that that's... Uh, I uh, would like to personally thank you for giving me a reason to watch this movie again. Yeah. yeah. Just to yeah, see... Yeah, she is... And it's very clearly Kira Knightley. But when <laughs> the first time you saw it, you, you, you thought... Hey, they must have done a split screen with Natalie Portman and Natalie Portman, and I think that there's one or two times that they actually do a split screen. Yeah. But they always have this like really stupid voice, like, come on, the... Yup, that's me the queen. I am Padme. Like it's yeah. really, it's terrible. Uh, um, so, but for this, I will go back and watch. Yeah, you should just to watch those scenes where Kira Knightley of Pirates of the Caribbean fame yes. uh, is and bend it like Beckham and bend it like Beckham. She had yet to bend it. Uh, the ship is damaged as they pass the Federation blockade, and the hyperdrive is caught in the crossfire, rendering it useless. They land for repairs on the outlying desert of Planet Tatooine. So uh, Padme and her, they visit the settlement on Mos Espa. They meet up with the shop's owner, uh, racist stereotype Watto. <laughs> and his Does nine, it say that, or did no, you add no, that? No, I should have said okay. that. I should have said that three different times. Here, let me oh let me gosh, go in yeah. and amend this. Uh, uh, the, just the, just the, really the quickly. Trade Federation. Yeah, to negotiate with Trade Federation Viceroy, racist stereotype Newt Gunray, and <laughs> then they are met. <laughs> By uh, Gungan outcast, racist stereotype, Jar Jar Binks. It's yeah. really, I mean, it's it's at a point where it seems like George Lucas is just daring you to be like, yeah, I'm going to put as many racist stereotypes as I can in here. Yeah. At the time, I was like, no, it's not. And then I watch it now. It's unreal. Well, And that's, that's why I asked you how old you were when you saw it. Because the first time I saw it. Yeah. I, I, I went think, right right over my head because I, I was so I was so in to love this movie. I was going to say, I think I came out of that theater thing saying that was great. Yeah. Um, and then I watched it again. So wait, and let, then, let, me, yeah. finish, let anyway. me finish this real quick, and then I'll, I'll tell you about how I felt. So uh, racist stereotype Watto and his nine-year-old <laughs> slave, Anakin Skywalker, a gifted pilot, how? And engineer <laughs> who has built a protocol droid named C-3PO. How did he do that? Yeah. Oh, it's so... Because, that's, because that's, the dumbest, Tyler, that's the part of the movie that drives me the craziest. Oh, well, I got it's it. It's a dumb thing to fixate on, but the fact that they made this nine-year-old baby boy... Who does not know how to say Padme right? Uh, <laughs> can't can't make C three PO. Yeah. Well, and and incidentally, how's he again, programming him? We're gonna we're gonna point. How do you learn six million languages? Many many flaws, but they they come to the end of the trilogy and they wipe C three PO's mind right and ours 
of all the trilogies. Because I was just watching A New Hope yesterday. Yeah. And Obi-Wan Kenobi says, staring at these droids that were with him in battle yeah. the whole way I don't way remember that owning trilogy. a droid. I don't remember owning a droid. Yeah, unless Not the only way droid. you can read that is if he's being coy. Of like I saying, don't. Like, you don't mm, see that. Is it, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's my droid. Yeah. No. Well, that's, you know why? Because these movies are terrible. They, they, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to spoil it yet. I don't want to spoil it. We'll tell you how we feel at the very end. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, because you can't tell uh, by now. So he builds this this uh, little little idiot builds a, <laughs> a protocol droid that can speak six million languages, a little nine-year-old. Qui-Gon senses a strong presence of the Force in Anakin and is convinced that he is the prophesied chosen one by taking a blood test at Vermidichlorians. What? I'm going to hold my opinion. He, he uses his hold my opinions. communicator, which is a, uh, a chic lady's razor. It's an intuition lady's razor. <laughs> Look at that next time. His communicator <laughs> is a straight-up lady's razor. Which, again, the uh, communications with the Jedi Temple, they don't have... Wells Fargo that could wire them the cash to fix the ship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they could talk. Yeah. No, I think it, uh, because he said Imperial credits don't work here. They had they, or they had Republic credits, and he's like, uh, Republic right. credits are no good. Here. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, yeah, th- this movie is it's, it's, air t- uh, it's airtight. It's, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> beat you every place. I'm just gonna keep drinking Una- on my coke here. Unable so I quit to unable. Oh yeah, here we go. Unable to buy the required hyperdrive parts due to the Republic's currency being worthless on Tatooine. Qui Gon wagers both the parts and Anakin's freedom. With, because he's reckless, with Watto in a pod race. Anakin wins and joins the group to be trained as a Jedi. Yep. Leaving behind his mother, Shmi. <laughs> From the makers of Mission Impossible <laughs> yeah. 3. Me. Me. En route to the starship, Qui-Gon encounters Darth Maul. Now the movie gets good for now a second. Now we're in Darth Sidious apprentice who intends to capture Amidala. A duel ensues, but Qui-Gon quickly disengages and escapes aboard the starship. <laughs> Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan escort Amidala to Coruscant uh, so that she can plead her people's case to Chancellor Valorum in the Galactic Senate. <sighs> Qui-Gon intends... Um, I'm getting bored just reading this. Qui-Gon, <laughs> Qui-Gon asks the Jedi Council for permission to train Anakin Imagine as a Jedi. Watching it. But the Council refuses, concerned that Anakin is vulnerable to the dark side of the Force. Undaunted, Qui-Gon... This is so long. Qui-Gon vows to take up Anakin as a new disciple. Meanwhile, Naboo's Senator Palpatine persuades Amidala to call a vote of no confidence in Chancellor Valorum to elect a more capable leader that is to resolve the crisis. Though she is successful in pushing for the vote, Amidala grows frustrated with the corruption of the Senate and decides to return to Naboo. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are ordered by the Jedi Council to accompany the Queen and investigate the return of the Sith. Ooh. Sounds like a title. Yeah. Revenge it's, of the Sith, I guess. Yeah, it's a revenge. For whom nearly a millennium uh, they had been believed to be extinct. On Naboo... Oh, this is so long. On Naboo, Padme reveals herself to be uh, to the Gungans as Queen Amidala and persuades them to join in the alliance and against uh, against the Trade Federation. Despite being enough at combat, Jar Jar is promoted to general for no reason at and all. joins his people in battle against the droid army while Padme leads a search for Viceroy Gunroy, Gunray and Theed. During the battle in the Starship hangar, Qui-Gon tells Anakin to wait in the cockpit, in the cockpit of a vacant <laughs> starfighter. Anakin when, inadvertently when dealing with your nine-year-olds. put him behind a weapon <laughs> that drives. And inadvertently, Anakin triggers the autopilot, saying oops for the 16th time, joining the <laughs> battle against the Federation droid control ship in space. Anakin blunders into a hangar of the droid control ship. It causes a destruction from within before escaping, deactivating the droid pro- army in the process. But he does have a bad feeling about it this. It does lead to... I don't think he does. It leads to... Oh, he? he does have a bad does, feeling yeah. about this. Oh, man, they hammer that in so much. This, though, that leads to the best part of the entire movie. 
that's yes. not Darth Maul related. Oh. This is the okay. best thing. So he deactivates the droid army, and then Jar Jar says my favorite line in the whole movie, they are broken. <laughs> it's just like the way he says that. They are broken. Uh, meanwhile, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan battle Darth Maul, who is mortally wounds Qui-Gon, and then is bisected by Obi-Wan. So this is the coolest part of the movie. You get awesome music. Clearly, this sequence is directed by somebody else. Yeah. Uh, the music comes on. And uh, Darth Maul shows up. He is awesome and amazing. They have this amazing like lightsaber duel. We've not gotten a good lightsaber battle. Right. Well, we thought well, we did. And but, this is the first time. So, like, n- the difference in technology between 1999 yes, and, and, and 1983. Yeah. Th- that lightsaber yeah. battle is actually legit. Yeah. Like, and the lightsaber so battle good. in Jedi is good. But yeah. this is like an actual fight. This isn't just people like hitting sticks together. Right. This is like martial arts. Yeah. And this is awesome. And the double sided lightsaber. Yeah. And this is and, intercut with the dumbest part of the movie, which is uh, Anakin, like, Accidentally Goofy, winning accidentally a war. Dist- yeah, winning a war. Yeah, oopsing his way <laughs> through this whole thing. And I will say... Again, R2, oops. Yeah, as I as I mentioned, I had a, a really good response to this in the movie, uh, or in the theater. Yeah. When they killed Darth Maul... Oh, yeah. I went, why, why and, did you and do why that? why kill him by cutting him in half? It's like George Lucas is saying, hey, guess what, guys? You know that He's thing you're going to love? Never He's coming never back. He's never going to come back. And right. I like that they, they brought him back. In, yeah, right. They fixed that. Uh, okay, last thing. He bisects, falls into a pit. As he lays dying, Qui-Gon requests Obi-Wan train Anakin and dies in Obi-Wan's arms. Palpatine is elected as the new Supreme Chancellor. Who would have thought it's the exact same actor that you can see as Darth Sidious? Uh, <laughs> Gunray is arrested. Yoda promotes Obi-Wan. Yoda just showed up in this part. Yeah. To the rank of Jedi Knight and reluctantly accepts Anakin as a Well, he's Yoda been there the whole time. He yeah, just showed up in this. Yeah. Padme presents a gift of thanks to Boss Nass and the Gungans during the celebratory parade. And and once again, Chewbacca does not get a medal. And Samuel L. Jackson is in this movie, too. Yeah. Uh, that's worth mentioning. Yeah. But he just shows up to be like, Samuel L. Jackson's in this movie. Like, that's pretty much <laughs> In this first one? Yeah, yeah that's it. Okay, so that ends. The credits start to roll. I'm there again, and it's probably like 2.30 in the morning at this point. Yeah. Everybody in the theater goes, what? Huh? <laughs> like, we all are looking at each other like, that. we love that, right? That was good. <laughs> we all thought it was great, yeah. didn't we? Because we were so, we had preloaded an excitement, a euphoria. We thought this was, we were going to feel about this movie the way we felt about all three of the other movies. And... None of us liked it, but none of us could admit it to each other as right. we were walking out because we were like, I don't want to be the one who pointed out that this was terrible. It was real bad. Yeah. But it was exciting. And I saw it again later and I tried, I saw it with that one knowing what it was, being like, no, I think it's good. I think it's, I think it's good. And then I said, again, I saw it a third time that day. <laughs> uh, and I said, no, it's good. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. I just, you just I knew willed what yourself the, there. Yeah. Exactly. I knew what the terrible parts were and I just pushed through it. Here's my, and then we need to move on to the next one. Here's what I hate about this movie. <laughs> Where to begin? Uh, if I could put it on one thing, it's on Jake Lloyd, who plays Anakin Skywalker. <sighs> uh, maybe not the actor. Well, I think the actor is terrible, um, but he's a little he's a little kid. But there are other kids in movies who are great. Yeah. Um, Haley Joel Osment, people like that, who also Haley Joel Osment, right around this time, guess how old he was? Nine years old. Hey. Yeah. Because he important. just made the sixth sense. He could have been this. Yeah. One of the real frustrating things is that there is a making of this movie on the DVD that comes with it. And they show oh, the, yeah. it's like an hour and a half. It's really good. Yeah. And it shows <laughs> a movie that could have been great. Yeah. 
And uh, and all of these yes men that are surrounding George Lucas at every time, just being like, "You're a genius, George. You're a genius, George. You're a genius, George." And he's like, "Yes, I am." George I? is not a genius. And it gets down to so they're doing the casting process for Anakin Skywalker, mm-hmm. and it's down to two kids. And I feel so sorry for the other kid. And they show you. <laughs> do the, you though? Yes, because he would have been involved in this. Yeah. Yes, I do because okay, it would have right. changed everything. Yeah, yeah. They show this one kid who's amazing, and this kid looks like Mark Hamill. Mm. And he's nine years old, and mm. he's awesome. And then they show Jake Lloyd, and he can't even say the words right. And he like, oops, he, yeah. And and he's like Karuskin, and like doing all instead of Coruscant, like just like. And he's a nine year old kid, like yeah, right. Let's, let's not, not rip on this kid, on but he's also an actor in a movie trying to be the the thing of this thing. Right. Um, and they they show all of like George in a room with all the decision makers, and all the decision makers are like, I really like this first kid. This first kid's great. Looks like Mark Hamill. Uh, he'll be awesome, and he's really like he's hitting. The, he's like a pro. Yeah. And then George Lucas is like, mm. and they're like, "What is it, George?" They're like, "Well, I like the energy of this second kid. He's unpredictable. We don't know what <laughs> he's, uh, George Lucas as Doctor Evil." Yeah, right. <laughs> mm, One million dollars. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> petting a hairless cat yeah. while he's doing and it. And then everybody's like, "Yeah, George, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then they switch to Jake Lloyd, and it's you can see it right there. Like this could have been a movie where. It still would have been poorly written, but it would have been well acted. Yeah. And that could have elevated some things. And we wouldn't have gotten Hayden Christensen because Hayden Christensen does not look like this kid, nor does he really look <sighs> like Jake Lloyd. But anyway, uh, all that. And then Darth Maul. The Darth Maul th- fight is one of the best scenes in all of Star Wars. Agreed. Uh, but it's, again, intercut with uh, the other with, stuff. With, well, the, the droid battle is not bad. The droid battle no, with the okay. is pretty good. It's meant to be comic relief again. There's a whole one yeah, third a of that. a bunch of goof in, in it, like all yeah. Jar Jar does. So Jar Jar is annoying, but he is just, if it was, if you had a good Anakin and a better script, I'm okay you with could, Jar Jar. You could have made it, yeah. I'm okay with Jar Jar. Like, even as he is, even when saying everything he does, being, I mean, I'm not okay with him being racist, but that's just what it right. is. Right. Um, it's crazy. Like the Asian stereotypes of Duke Gunroy, the Jewish stereotypes of Watto, and the 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 African American stereotypes of, of Jar Jar are insane. Yeah, like, like to watch this now. It's, okay, it's it's on a level where you're like, how did no one say maybe let's not? Hey do that. George, maybe yeah. let's give them any other voice. Yeah, then the and any other voice unrelated to their their personalities, which also are this like Watto is this money guy yep. who's making deals like that's not cool to do a jewish stereotype with that uh the federation the federation stuff like yeah. it's just it's a that's a big it's a hot mess if he didn't know it then he's an idiot and i think he's an idiot i don't yeah. think he's a racist <laughs> i just think he's an idiot he did um, see coming. well again i so, kind of point to good intentions of like if you're trying to portray a, a galaxy and you want like yeah. a UN feel to it, like yeah. I can appreciate that. But the however, whole, the good takeaways of this, I think Qui Gon Jinn is doing a great job. Yeah, uh, Liam Neeson's great. Uh, Ewan McGregor is amazing, but he yes. has very little to do in this movie. Natalie Portman's really good. Yes, uh, she does less and less in each of the movies because they give her less to do. And she has said as an actress, like I know I'm pretty selfish in movies that I don't like. I don't. I don't. I'm not very good. Yeah, I don't try very hard, and it's pretty clear. <laughs> like she said that like. Uh, in code and talking about like as she I think when she won for Black Swan people were like have you grown as an actress she's like I think I've matured in that I was <laughs> I'm not gonna I take the movies that are gonna do- ruin my career well I was capable of doing good stuff like The Professional which she's amazing in uh, this is her first movie she's 12 years old uh, it's a crazy movie about an assassin who like adopts this girl and because her parents are killed by this anyway it's no. really good uh, she's 12 years old and she's amazing in that but she said I've matured in the sense that 
I don't let a bad script, I don't take bad movies, but I also, if I'm in a movie that's not good, I still try as hard as I can, and yeah. I didn't used to do that. And she's clearly talking about the prequels. And you can see yeah. in the second one, she's not trying as hard. Not even a little. Uh, and she's, she's pretty good in this one. But you can tell that she doesn't care about the second one, and she's barely in the third one. Yeah. Um, Incidentally, sidebar, yeah. cannot wait to see her play Thor. Oh yeah, she's gonna be fantastic. Shit, that's, you could do a I lot love of Nelly things. Porter. Watch Annihilation. It was we talked about it in the in the two thousands thing. Yeah, uh, the best of the twenty tens. But Annihilation is great. She's great in that. And Black Swan, she's great in too. But it's a really creepy movie. Yeah. Um. So those two things are good. Uh. I think that the spaceships are really good. Yep. Uh. I do think that the droids are awesome. Like yeah. the 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 way in which the droids uh, the droids look good. Their attitudes are stupid. Why would you have droids that are sarcastic? It makes no sense. Even the stormtroopers are not sarcastic. Why would these droids be programmed to be sarcastic? These well, battle droids. And you could kind of see, I think, George Lucas taking what worked and trying to double down on it. So yeah. like Jar Jar Binks is supposed to be the comic relief that C-3PO and R2-D2 are yeah. the whole way through and the original Yoda trilogy. Yoda the first, the first like 20 minutes of Yoda. Right. Where he's full on Muppet. And those work. Yeah. But not when George Lucas does it. No, <laughs> like yeah, he, yeah. He's he took like, the big idea and missed. He knows on... that we need comic relief, but he has no sense of humor. Right. So he that's where you get Excuse Me. That's where you get um, all of the dumb things that he does. You get like all well, the the droids going. Uh, let me see. Uh, no, you're under arrest. Like yeah. that kind of like what? Yeah. There's well, no need, logic to this. Movie. You need comic relief when the movie is serious enough to demand yeah. comic relief. And, and this comic one never relief got there. Doesn't work if. There's no comedy right. in your relief. It, then it's less of a relief and right. more of a further exhaustion. So, but the effects are really good. Oh, and the pod race is awesome. That's the other thing. Yeah. Pod race is awesome and spawned a really great arcade oh, game. The, and the 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 sixty four game is great yeah. too. So, pod race is awesome. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot that I remember this movie fondly. Like yeah. when I go back on it, because I forced myself. I was so excited about it, and I was desperate for anything that I I found the good things, and I can watch it now and still enjoy. I can watch it nostalgically. Yeah. Um, and I probably saw it, I think, five more times in the theater. I saw it probably like seven or eight <laughs> times in the theater. And I bought every edition that you yeah. could right away. I, bought, I mean, I, I, I put so much money into this into this, in this movie. Um, so then we go to now, our next... Now, now let's, it, again, set this up. Uh, it's three years later. It is uh, 2003. And Four we, years later? Yeah. Yeah, there was no, it's 2002. May 12th, 2002. Uh, okay. I go in. I'm excited because we find out that the movie is called The Attack of the Clones. Appropriately, because yep. in A New Hope, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi lets, lets it out that, that Anakin Skywalker fought in the Clone Wars. Fought in yeah. the Clone Wars. That, that is a pair of words that, that you, sounds that, awesome. That you immediately go. Two words that go so well together. Yeah. Like, oh boy, I want to know more about that. Okay. What are the Clone Wars? So we're excited about this one. Here we go. Set 10 years after the events of The Phantom Menace, the galaxy is on the brink of civil war with thousands of... No, this sounds a little better. Oh, okay, the brink yeah, of civil sure. war with thousands of planetary systems threatening to secede from the Galactic Republic. All right. Uh, after Senator... Senator? Padme Amidala yep, invades the assassination attempt, Jedi apprentice Anakin Skywalker becomes her protector. Mm. Annie? Well, Oh, and the fact they call him Annie, too. No. No one calls him Lukey. Yeah. Or or Lay or, or Hani. Like, just call him Anakin. Anakin. Give him a name, Anakin. Call him Anakin. Call him Ken. Call him anything. You don't need nicknames in this yeah. universe. Uh, Anakin Skywalker becomes her protector while his mentor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, with a 
solid beard no for kidding. half the movie no and kidding. the fakiest beard for the other half of the movie and it's intercut. Yeah. So in the middle of a scene, you can see where the reshoots are. He's got uh, like long hair and an awesome beard and then it'll, and you can see this in the elevator. So when they're going up to see Padme for the first time, you can see it throughout the movie but it's really clear in the elevator. They get in the elevator with a full on I'm Ewan McGregor, this is my beard yes. and I have long hair and then they're in the elevator it's like, I'm Ewan McGregor with the fakest beard you've ever seen. I have and not the worst this. wig. And like he laughs, he's like, <laughs> where he can't move his mouth because the beard will fall off. Like the glue. <laughs> it's really, it's terrible. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. it. Yeah. And it's in the middle of I'm scenes, it keeps going back to and go forth. Back for this. Well, you can see the reshoots, which is not a good sign when there's that many reshoots. On no the movie. kidding. I'm looking at you, Justice League. Oh, my. Uh, Anakin attempts. Uh, well, his mentor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, investigates the attempt on his life. Oh, man, I forgot about that plot line where he's like a detective and he goes to the diner. Ugh. Soon the trio <sighs> uh, witnessed the onset of a new threat to the galaxy, the Clone Wars. They witnessed the onset of it? I don't think yeah. the Clone Wars actually <laughs> happens here. Uh, no, it's, they started. Oh, that wasn't the synopsis. I'm sorry. They're on Coruscant. Uh, Obi-Wan, uh, they see Zam Wessel, an assassin. that She's killed by I her bounty hunter. I didn't even know she hunter. had a name. Before she can reveal his identity, uh, and then they go to that bar, and the guy's like, "Want some death sticks?" Yeah, <laughs> like death sticks. Just say cigarettes, man, or don't have that line in there. Yeah. Uh, um, and smoking's <laughs> bad, kids. Padme, they escort her back to Naboo. Obi Wan's investigation leads him to the mysterious planet of Kamino, which is awesome. The water planet of Kamino. With those like super sensual aliens with the long necks. Yeah. Like there's something about that seems like, ooh, this seems like a good place to get like get some clothes. It's like a spa. Like yeah. this is a good get some clothes. Uh Camino, which is a stupid name for, for a for a water planet. Camino. He discovers Saber the army Guard. of clones being produced for the Republic and the bounty hunter Django Fett. Yep. Uh, a dumb character, but the cool battle right there. We asked where Oh, in the rain. Yeah, in the rain. Yeah. In that's pretty cool. Obi-Wan deduces Django as the bounty hunter he is seeking, and after a fierce battle, which is awesome, yeah. places a homing beacon on Django's ship, the Slave One. We don't need it to be the Slave One. Why are you making <laughs> Boba Fett? Why are you giving a Boba Fett a... a Boba a Fett backstory. is cool because he has no backstory. When you give him a backstory where he's a, a clone baby, and he pines for his dad, Django Fett, no. it's stupid. It's it, He is cool because we don't know who he is. Right. It's the same thing with Darth Vader. It's cool because we don't know who he is, and this whole trilogy that's explaining who he is is dumb. But again, it uh, sold the, a lot of toys, so let's why yeah. not, George? The other problem with episode one is that you don't need it at all. Nothing happens in episode one. Nope. Nothing. I think you need episode two even less. Yes. Okay. Even so, less. So uh, I forgot about this. Obi-Wan then follows Django and his clone son, Boba Fett. <laughs> I'm going to bring me a clone baby. Can you ever imagine <laughs> that you, those words would escape also, your Also, uh, can you imagine being a bounty hunter? It's like, I would like an eight-year-old version of me to, to accompany me. Yeah. I'm gonna Sounds take, great. Because I'm a bounty hunter going, going in safe places. I want to have a little kid who is me to come with me. Fun for the whole family. Yeah. Um, he follows uh, his clone uh, to the rocky planet of Geonosis. The That's, insect world. Yeah, insect world. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Anakin is troubled by visions of his mother, Shmi, going, <laughs> That's it. That's how he has a nightmare. <laughs> In pain and, des- and decides to head to Tatooine Tyler with Padme. Tyler reads the classics. Uh, to, to, uh, Tatooine with Padme to save her. Watto reveals that he sold Shmi to a moisture farmer, Clegg Lars, who is freed and married her. Again. Clegg tells Anakin that she is abducted by Tusken Raiders <laughs> weeks earlier and likely dead. And they cut off his legs, I guess? 
Because he's in like a floating yeah. thing. Uh, determined to find her, Anakin ventures out and finds Shmi in the Tuscan campsite where she dies in his arms. Enraged, this part is cool. Yeah. This is the only, this is part of the movie where he like looks, like she dies and she's like, oh, Andy. And she like dies in his arms. It's a really weird death scene. And then right. he like, he looks, miraculously he like shows looks up. up. He, yeah, he shows up just in time for her to die. Yep. Of, I don't know what, what? she's injured. Yeah. <laughs> Broken heart. Uh, and <laughs> Hold that thought. He looks up. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. He looks up, and he's like evil. And I was like, oh, something's yeah. about to happen. And the music tells you something's about to happen. Yep. And, and then that's he goes the first out. time John Williams, again, put out some Saving stuff. the stuff. Saving the stuff, yeah. John Williams throws in the Darth Vader theme a little <sighs> bit there. Yeah. And you're like, <gasps> it's happening. Dun, 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 dun. And, yeah. and Anakin massacres the Tuscan tribe. I'm not. In favor of massacres, but if you're gonna if you're, if gonna, you're gonna make it. your bad guy bad, yeah, this is he's pretty bad there. But don't forget, they scare easily, but they return in greater numbers. <laughs> so do. even Anakin, they hide, yeah. they travel in single file to hide their numbers. <laughs> uh, he later he later declares that Padme uh, that he will find a way to prevent the death of his loved ones. On Geonosis, Obi Wan discovers the Separatists gathering with Count Dooku. Oh, I forgot. Why I, I blocked this movie out of my brain. I was gonna try so hard Dooku. to keep quiet. Why? Do you put Count Dooku? If Darth Maul had been Count Dooku, yeah, whole new set of stories. Darth Maul would be in this movie at all, and and you know what's you know what's uh, better than Darth Maul? An old man. Oh my gosh, Count Dooku makes zero percent sense. No, and so much so that they had to have a, a stunt double completely, like a thirty-year-old yeah. stunt double with a mask on to to play eighty-five-year-old Christopher <sighs> Lee in the thing. Uh, Obi Wan learns Lord of the Rings worked right. Let's yeah. get that guy. And yeah. he's but he's not a, a lightsaber battle in, in Lord of the Rings. Obi Wan learns authorized Padme's uh, learns Obi Wan who Obi Wan learns authorized Padme's assassination and is developing a droid army with the Trade Federation voice for New Gunray. He's back. Everybody was asking where's New Gunray. He's back. You're missing him. Uh, Obi Wan transmits his findings to the Jedi Council, who follows separate Senate Representative Jar Jar Binks yeah. uh, to propose a vote to grant emergency powers to the Chancel- Supreme Chancellor Pal- Palpatine successfully over out. A, uh, now, what is interesting, let me stop you here on the yeah. synopsis, because even in the synopsis we haven't gotten here, what is interesting is nothing the has Sith happened. Sith are playing two sides of the war. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, thing, I still don't understand this movie. <laughs> a thing that took me... I don't know, five years of therapy to understand. Like, yeah. it's not evident. Some things are hard to understand because it's like 2001, where there's a meaning there that eludes you. Right. Like a Stanley Kubrick movie. Then some things are hard to understand because there is no... They're just there's not nothing told. to understand. Yeah. This does not make any sense, uh-uh. this movie. Um, Dooku sentences the trio. They're captured by Jango Fett after they play the Super Mario Brothers uh, level through through the droid <laughs> through the droid the, thing. The, the droid factory offering which was, us maybe our first legitimately okay piece of comic relief when C three PO gets put on the body yeah. of a droid and, and it's semi exciting yeah which they did not have that in the script they're like I don't know action sequence and so they just made it up <laughs> at the time and then said to ILM make a thing out of this yeah I don't know do yeah. it and so they they go through the Super Mario level and then they get captured by Jango Fett Dooku sentences the trio to death but they are saved by a battalion of clone troopers led by Yoda and Mace Windu Samuel that, L. Jackson I was excited about this other uh, and other Jedi uh, like um, Kit Fisto my favorite one mm. the guy with the squid head yeah Mace beheads Jango during the rescue and then baby Boba Fett Ugh. picks up the helmet and I'm just waiting for his head to fall out of it <laughs> no. did, did you think that too yeah because his head's there and he like picks it up and puts his head and I'm just waiting for it to go 
<laughs> like like cranberry out of a <laughs> cranberry sauce out of a can. Uh, so, <laughs> That's not going away. Yeah, yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah just is. if they had held on that, so, that, that shot just a little bit longer, the head falls out. Uh, Yoda arrives and defends that. Oh, uh, Obi Wan and Anakin intercept Duco. The three the three engage in a lightsaber battle that's really unspectacular, frankly. Yeah. Duku injures Obi Wan and severs Anakin's right arm. Uh, oh no! Look, a throwback to the original that's trilogy. How he lost it, yeah. but Yoda arrives and defends them. Duku forces uses force powers to distract Yoda and, and flees the course. Well, now let's that was stop. pretty cool. When Yoda busts out the lightsaber and starts doing all the flips. At the time, I'm now 22. Yeah, and that happens, and I remember in the theater going, <laughs> Yeah, and, and I was that was legit. very excited. That was legit. I watch it now, and I think. I don't, we don't need this. No, we don't need it. We don't need it. We, we don't, don't need, need any of it. We don't need Ninja Yoda. Yeah. Especially for him to be an old man. Like maybe he that was Yoda as a young spry young young man, but not as a nine hundred year old frog. Right. Like he <laughs> he shouldn't shouldn't be doing that. Now now let's also note because I don't I think we've passed this point. As Dooku is fleeing, he grabs I kid you not the plans to the Death Star. Oh yeah. We are a full two movies away. Yeah. And they're throwing the Death Star at us. Yep, yep. Uh, Nostalgia, so huh? Dooku uses force powers to distract Yoda, uh, and he delivers the blueprints for a super weapon to his Sith master, Darth Sidious. As the Jedi acknowledge the beginning of the Clone Wars, Anakin is fitted with a robotic hand and secretly marries Padme on Naboo One with C-3PO and R2-D2. Because the Jedi like, are all-knowing. And I like that the, synops- the synopsis completely left out any romance there because so did the script. <laughs> Some of the worst. It's supposed to be a love story. And the love theme is pretty great. Yep. Uh, remember when he surfs on that giant tick cow? <laughs> it's like, whoa, whoa. Watch. Uh, find on YouTube. I'm sure you can find a clip or maybe we'll post to it. That there's the giant like tick cows on. Yeah, I'm gonna just whatever hang on planet to the they're at. Remember when he was surfing on a tick cow? And he's surfing on it, and it's the worst. That some of the CGI in this is is oh. absolutely terrible. That scene is terrible. There's a point where he like uses Jedi mind tricks to cut up a mango, and he gives it to her. And this is a clear sign of Natalie Portman not caring. Where her yeah. acting, her computer acting, where she has to like grab it out of the air and then eat it, is terrible. Yeah. It's the most. There's no weight to any of this. The effects. It's real. So you can see in these two movies that, especially with with Jar Jar and the Pod Race, which are the two main things that George Lucas cares about at the first one. And in this one, all the clone battles and stuff like, and Yoda, it's just there to be for the effects. Yeah, it had. He doesn't care about wow. the story. Doesn't care about. I mean, the story in general is there, but the script is not as important. The acting is not as important. The the effects are what it's there for. I think put a pin in that because I think that gets us to the theological theme. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's and it also connects us to why I why we were saying like uh, Jurassic Park and uh, Terminator Two are so great. Because they're not about the effects, and that's right. I would push back against Avatar that way too. I think Avatar is a better made movie, but it's really it's more about the effects than it is anything. Right, and that's why you don't hear people being like, "I can't wait until the next four Avatar movies are finally released." Not interested. Yeah, Avatar was made more money than any movie ever. I think until Endgame. I think Endgame maybe surpassed it, but it's the highest grossing movie of all time, or one of them. And no one talks about Avatar. No, because who cares? Because it was just about like, look how cool this movie is. Yep. And and then it's basically the story of Pocahontas on top of that, or Fern Gully. Well, and it, it, it strikes me, you know, that George Lucas is a really cool nerd. 
No. Um, he's a quintessential nerd. Let me he's say it that a, he's way. A, he's a tinkerer nerd. He yes. cares about the tech. He doesn't yes. care about the stories 100%. and the fantasy. percent. Hence McClunky. Uh, like, McClunky. Like, like he just can't help himself. Anytime something new comes out, he wants to go back and not fix the story, but fix the visual experience. Yes. And and fix the technology. Like that's the whole point of this the of the special editions. Right. Is that they don't improve the story at all. Not it's just all. about and especially like adding Jabba into the into New Hope. That ha- that doesn't make the story more clear. No. Because Jabba's character is very different than he is in the rest of the, the things. But it is kind of like, look at what we can do. Well, and it's so jarring. Like I uh, again watched New Hope just the other night. When they go to Moss Eisley, and all of a sudden all these new effects start showing up that hadn't been there up till that point in yep. the movie, you're like, yep. why, why, why? But we'll come back to that. Okay. That's, so yeah. that movie ends, and I'm like, that was okay. Yeah. And I, uh, in retrospect, as I watched that one, I think it's not good. <laughs> well, I, I would give, if, if Phantom Menace is an F, and it is, uh, I would give Clone Wars or Attack of the Clones uh, D plus. Okay. Like it's, a, it's progress. I would give. Uh, I'll tell you at the end. Yeah. Because uh, I have a different take on this trilogy than, than <laughs> you might assume. Okay. So here we go. Last one. We are now in 2005, yeah. three years later. Uh, we're all exhausted and we're all kind of <laughs> ready for it. We're like, all right, just end it. Just end it. Well, and mind you, we've known the whole time. We know that, where this is going. Yeah. This ends at Darth yeah. Vader. And this is the movie. Where we and get he has there. not become Darth Vader yet. Nope. He's he's just it's taken a long time. He's been surfing on tick cows and uh, hitting on 12, uh, 14 year olds when he's nine. Right. Uh, and then we are ready for this. I think the beginning of this one is war. Yeah. <laughs> just like, that's the what? exclamation point <laughs> yeah. on the scroll is war. Okay, so here we go. Three years after the beginning of the Clone Wars, which we see none of, not a bit, not an ounce. By the way, in between this, there's a cartoon version, not an, not the computer animated version. There's a cartoon version of the Clone Wars, which is fantastic. Yeah. And if they had just released that as the movie, it would have been the best <laughs> thing I've ever seen. It was so good. It was directed. It was written and directed by Getty Tarkovsky, who's the guy who did um, Samurai Jack. Do you mm. remember Samurai Jack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really, really good. Check them out on YouTube. They're harder to find because usually the Clone Wars computer animated series is there, and the computer animated series is great. But again, it's so based Techie. in the in this world. It's based in the. It's good. But it's based in a world that is unnecessary. It's all about the 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 prequel world, which is pointless. This movie's not bad. No, uh, I would give uh, as where I was going with that. I would give Revenge of the Sith uh, C minus C plus. Well, that's my, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Three years after the beginning of the Clone Wars, Jedi Master Obi Wan Kenobi and Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker lead a mission to to rescue the kidnapped Supreme Chancellor Palpatine. That part's really cool. That is a great from scene. cyborg separatist commander General Grievous, which is really cool. Although, why is he coughing if he's a droid? Why uh, is it? Where did he come from? Yeah, he's, he's a he's character cool. that gets dropped on you. Like, just don't have him cough. No. Just have him be a normal robot because he's a droid. Why is a droid coughing? It makes no sense. But you take that away from me. He's awesome. Yep. Uh, and the Clone Wars cartoon actually leads gets right into, into Grievous, that. Yeah. And, oh, and it leads right to that. Like the the last scene is the beginning of this. After infiltrating Grievous's flagship, the Jedi battle Count Dooku, the person that nobody cares about, who has who to suck oxygen the whole way through. Yeah, he decapitates at Palpatine's urging. Do it. Grievous escapes the battle toward ship in which the Jedi crash land at Coruscant. There, Anakin reunites with his wife, Padme Amidala, Wanana. who reveals she is pregnant. And they share the romantic intimacy of a cardboard box. 
While initially excited, Anakin uh, begins to have nightmares <laughs> about Padme dying in childbirth. Palpatine appoints Anakin to the Jedi Council <laughs> as his representative informant. The Council allows Anakin as a member, but decides not to appoint Anakin to the position of Jedi Master, mm-hmm. which he makes he gets really mad uh, and was told to spy on Palpatine, diminishing Anakin's confidence in the Council. Palpatine tempts Anakin with his knowledge of the dark side of the Force, including the power to avert death. Meanwhile, when they're at that weird opera where it's just a yeah, bunch of... just like, a bubble. Yeah, bubbles. Meanwhile, and uh, bubbles and non-music. A yeah. bunch of people like going, huh. <laughs> Obi-Wan travels to Utapau, where he kills Grievous. Love that the is, name of somebody. Yeah, that's, a, that's an awesome uh, sequence, though. Yeah. When he fights... Well, yeah, Obi Wan's got some awesome stuff in this. Four like, lightsabers. Yeah, and yeah. it has nothing to do with anything. But no. Obi Wan has some really cool stuff. Well, in this and one. when you when your entire focus, George Lucas, is on the tech and yeah. making a scene look cool, lightsaber battles are going to be cool very, very every cool. time. Yeah. Um, uh, Udupe, he kills and he travels to the Wookiee home. Uh, Yoda travels to the Wookiee home world of Kashyyyk because we needed Chewbacca yeah, to defend it from the Separatist invasion. Palpatine reveals Anakin that he's a Sith Lord. <gasps> Darth Sidious, what? And then he knows how to rescue Padme. Anakin reports Padme, uh, Palpatine's treachery to Mace Windu, who confronts the Sith Lord with three other Jedi Masters, one of them being Kit Fisto. Palpatine single-handedly slays the three Masters, but is subdued by Windu, who uses his lightsaber to return Palpatine's Force lightning, disfiguring him. No, no, no. <laughs> Fearing- if you've not seen these Jeez. movies... And you think Tyler is overselling this? There's so the he faces, is not the faces that he makes during that battle with with Mason Windu. Like, like oh, oh, it's so it's it's bananas. Yeah. It, this is the most <laughs> bonker. Anyone who's like, no, he's a really good actor. The guy who plays Palpatine. No, he's not. No, I mean, yeah, maybe. Not but, not there. But watch these movies. Well, I'm sure George Lucas is like, go for it. Yeah. Go for it, Ian. I think I like what you make a doing. lot of faces. Yeah. Oh, really? Push it to the extreme. <laughs> Uh, fearing that he would lose Padme and Palpatine dies, Anakin severs Windu's hand. What? Uh, allowing Palpatine to throw him out the window. Anakin pledges himself to the Darth Sidious. That turn is so dumb. He's like, yeah. I guess I will do this. I reported you eight seconds ago. Yeah. And oh, wait, now, and now I'm on your I'm, uh, Now I'm your... It's bad acting, bad directing, bad everything in that. Oh, who dubs him? Rise, Darth Vader. Okay. If you're going to have Darth Vader, if you're going to throw that name out there, and he's not going to have the helmet and breathing apparatus? He's going to look like a guy with dirty hair. A whiny baby with dirty hair. Palpatine then issues Order 66. Issue Order 66, which commands An the offense clone, to Mario Lemieux fans everywhere. <laughs> clone troopers to betray and kill their commanding Jedi officers. Meanwhile, the newly knighted Vader brings with him a battalion of clone troopers to help kill the remaining Jedi in the temple, including the younglings. Yeah. Children in training. Okay, glad you're on the team, Anakin. Uh, first job, uh, go into the temple and the daycare center and yeah. murder everybody. There's one cool shot of him walking down the hall with his, like, evil eyes. Yep. And that's like, ooh. But then the rest of it's like, meow, meow. Uh, before traveling to the volcanic planet of Mustafar to slaughter the Separatist leaders, Palpatine soon just declares himself emperor before the Galactic Senate, transforming the Republic into the Galactic Empire. Because no one questioned that. No, not at all. And declaring the Jedis as traitors, having survived the chaos. They're traitors because they all got killed. Having survived the chaos, Obi-Wan and Yoda return to Coruscant and learn of Vader's betrayal. Yoda then orders Obi-Wan to confront Vader, Anakin, while he deals with Palpatine. Obi-Wan informs Padme of Vader's loyalty. I hate how they're calling him Vader now. Yeah. Of, of Anakin's loyalty to the Sith, leaving her distraught and goes to Mustafar with Obi-Wan having snuck aboard her ship to persuade Anakin to return to <laughs> raise the, the children. Seeing Obi-Wan on Padme's ship, thinking that they conspired together to kill him, Anakin angrily hurts Padme badly. Not really. He goes, Ugh. 
and Obi-Wan engages Anakin in a lightsaber duel, which takes an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. And we know exactly how it's going to happen. After gaining the higher ground, I have the higher ground, warns the former people to stand down. I loved you, Anakin. When Vader attacks, Obi-Wan severs his leg and left arm, yeah. leaving him on the bank of lava. Uh, Obi-Wan picks up Vader's lightsaber, watches in horror, not really in horror, as the flames consume the fallen Jedi. He's just like, and, and, and for uh, what it's worth, Watch is not long enough. Yeah. If, if there's a chance that he survived it. And if you care about him, kill him, man. Don't yeah, just let him just, burn up. Yeah. Uh, leaves him for dead. On Coruscant, Yoda battles Palpatine until the duel reaches a stalemate. That's that's the ridiculous battle yeah. where he's going, ooh, ha, oh. Uh, sensing that their apprentice is in danger, he travels. Uh, oh, no. Yoda then flees with Bail Organa while Palpatine. Jimmy Smith's, baby. Yeah, Jimmy Smith's covered in the, what's, uh, President Santos? Yeah. Uh, the only uh, he, he did okay in this movie yeah. <laughs> sensing that his uh, apprentice is in danger Palpatine travels to Mustafar Obi-Wan regroups with Yoda on an asteroid <laughs> what wow I don't remember that where Padme gives birth to twins whom she names Luke Luke before dying on Mustafar Palpatine finds dying, dying how Tyler the doctor very oh, the, the doctor a, droid very specifically says have a broken heart is <laughs> <sighs> written by a 12 year old uh uh, uh, of someone who doesn't understand comedy or love. No kidding. Then she dies of a broken heart. Or basic medicine. Anakin, how could you? On Mustafar, Palpatine finds Anakin barely alive and brings him to Coruscant, where his mutilated body is treated and covered in a black armored suit. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan and Yobi, Yoda, Yobi, Yobi-Wan, Yoda plan to conceal the twins <laughs> their from... couple name. Here's the thing. Meanwhile, <laughs> Obi-Wan, <laughs> Obi-Wan and Yoda plan to conceal the twins from the Sith and exile themselves from the Empire. They plan this by giving Leia to Bail Organa yep. and saying, your name is now Leia Organa. We're not going to change your first name because Obi-Wan or Anakin never heard that. Right. And, it's and you, we're going to send... And Anakin does not know there are twins. That's true. Right. Wait, Anakin Anakin doesn't know they're twins. So then let's hide the second one. Yep. Where, Tyler? Where would you hide? On the planet that Anakin grew up on. Yep. With the people he's seen. Yeah. So, it, like, the, the fan service of the second one would be like, look, that's the place. Because we met Lars and uh, the aunt, Aunt Baru. Yep. In the second one. This yep. is my girlfriend, Baru. And so we met them. Oh and so Anakin knows them. It, so let's leave it, the baby with them and give him the last name. Skywalker. Skywalker. He, and not calling him, like, uh, something other than Luke. Luke Lars? Luke Great Lars. Guy. He doesn't become Luke like, Lars. Like I said, Luke Lars. Luke Lars would have been it. Uh, <laughs> it literally hid him yeah. in the first place if I were Darth Vader yeah. looking for my offspring. That's like that kid who hides during hide and seek by standing right in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> or hiding behind the one tree in the yard. But, but. Uh, so they, uh, while Padme's funeral takes place in our home world of, N- of Naboo, Anakin and the Emperor oversee the construction of the Death Star. Bale and his wife adopt Leia and take her to Alderaan, while Obi-Wan delivers Luke to his step-uncle, Owen and Beru Lars, on Tatooine before going to exile there. And there's this terrible Frankenstein scene where Palpatine puts the, the armor on, uh, on Darth Vader. No. The first time he's, and he comes up like, a, and then he's like, oh, she died in childbirth. No. Yeah. And that's how the movie ends. Scene. Uh, so I would say, here's how I would rank the prequels. Yeah. I would give Phantom Menace a C minus. Wow. That's charitable. I would give Attack of the Clones 
a D plus. Okay. I would give the Revenge of the Sith an F. Wow. That's your least favorite of the prequels. It is my least. I like the prequels in diminishing. Wow. I like them opposite of others because Phantom Menace has got the Padres and it's yeah. got Darth Maul. That's fair. Those are both awesome. Yep. And the effects are pretty good. Yeah. Um, the second one has, has nothing. Ha, well, it's got um, the the fight in uh, on Camino is cool. Yep. And that set piece is cool. Uh, the the beginning thing where they're doing the car chase through Coruscant is pretty pretty That's good. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, and then the last battle where it's just goofy and they're like uh, fighting the oh no I do like the Super Mario sequence I think that was pretty yeah. good yeah yeah okay um, and it, it's not better than the third one the reason why the third one is enough to me is that it's the only movie that matters mm. and it fails so miserably at making a compelling story that's a fair point because we know exactly what's going to happen the the lightsaber battle between Obi Wan and Anakin is uncompelling. Yeah, because you know how it's going to end, and it lasts—it legitimately lasts for probably fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's the lo- it's the longest, and it's 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 uh it's so much on green screens and stuff that there's no weight or risk to anything. Yeah, you never feel like either of them are in threat or, or threatened because it cares about the effects more than it cares about the story. Yeah, and Ewan McGregor is really acting his butt off trying to make that last trying scene. To He's do doing something. everything in his powers to bring the emotion that has not been there in this trilogy to why Obi-Wan really cares about Anakin and Anakin's given him nothing. And Obi-Wan almost saves that scene. And for many people, I know that that really affected them. To me, I was a jaded, <laughs> like everybody, the well, end at this was point, like, you're so broken. And up it got over. like 88% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. And everybody's like, that one was pretty good. And I remember coming out of that one again, I'm 25 now. Yeah. I'm like, she died of a broken heart. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like I don't know about this. Yeah. I liked that. We saw the, the Bail Organa ship at the end. Yeah. And we saw, R2 and C3PO finally C3PO has some clothes on. Yep. And they wiped their memories. And I was like, thank goodness. And then, <laughs> and I thought that was great. But even that felt like closing a plot hole that they had to admit yes. was there. Yeah. And like I thought Grievous was fantastic. So yeah. I like that whole sequence, but again, it's all pointless. Had Darth Maul been there the whole way through, it'd be great. It'd be a whole different thing. Yeah. There's a lot of this didn't have to be bad. And also if all three movies made well, sense. The first two stories have no point. There's no point to them. I think that's what frustrates me. And it, it gets to if you are still listening to this and, and you're not a Star Wars fan, um, I think what frustrates me the most is knowing what it could be. Yeah. Uh, much like my f- absolute frustration on Batman versus Superman, there's so many legitimate reasons for those two superheroes to be at each other's throats and fighting. Mm-hmm. And that movie did. None of them? None of them. Yeah. And I went, ah, like you could have done a compelling story with this, 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 this. Yeah. Darth Vader is the ultimate evil in the universe in the first trilogy. Yeah. Uh, And and like rightfully so, inspires fear. Yeah. How do you get a kid from oops to to ultimate evil in in, in the universe? It's not through emo romance. No. And bad dreams that can be solved with ambient. Like, <laughs> and even, I think even with the scripts that we have, like the stories that we have, not the scripts, if you did better versions of those scripts but kept the stories exactly the same, I still don't think it's very good. No, you don't need it. No, it's not necessary. I think my biggest thing about the prequel trilogy is that, like I said with Boba Fett, 
it's better. Darth Vader is an actual compelling, scary character when you don't know where he came from. Yep. Or when, I mean, it's like the Joker in Batman Begins or ba- uh, The Dark Knight. No that mention of an even, origin story. Well, no, there is. There's two origin stories. Right. And they're different. Yeah. Because he tells, you want to know how I got these scars? Yep. And it's not, I guess, not an origin story, but it's, it's where I got the scars. And the fact that you realize that at least one of those stories, and probably both of them are not true. Right. It's even more compelling. It's like, now I really want to know about this guy. Yeah. That's why the Joker, I still haven't seen the Joker movie, but I'm less interested in that because yeah, right. I don't really need to know how the Joker became the Joker. That's not, origin stories are not always compelling. I think we've become obsessed with them. Yeah. And that's like the, uh, I think Solo did a good job in that it's less of an Orange Jordan story and more just an adventure yeah. story of it's Han an adventure early. that he could have. It kind of undercuts his growth because he starts off as a good guy. If you take away their arc, then that's bad. And the arc of Vader is Luke's arc in the in the first movie. Yeah, like Luke has found redemption in this evil thing. The arc of Vader is watered down and sullied. If you have this long, like I guess it's what. Five, it's probably seven and a half hour story of him kind of becoming evil. Yeah. And the most important part of it, you do that that turn where Mace Windu dies and he becomes Vader. That happens in like 30 seconds. Yeah. And it's not believable at all. And that's the that's everything that this trilogy has been pointing to. Not him putting on the suit, but him becoming evil. Yeah. And the best, that's why, again, I think I like that in the second movie is that when he does, a, when he does attack the Tuscan Raiders, or the, that village, and he massacres people. That's the one time where it's like, ooh, he's evil. Yeah. You never see that again. You never see something that's believable like that again, where he has this anger and this rage that could be right. something terrible. At the very, very least, in that Mace Windu scene, you should have the same kind of contemplation he has, or Vader has, when Luke and the Emperor are fighting in Jedi. Yeah, yeah. The, like, I keep going back to his face, and like he's wearing a mask, so you yeah. can't see his face, but you could tell... He's painfully thinking through, yeah. am I on this side or am I on this side? It's am also I, really I hard, too, because Vader, again, is compelling as a villain. And this is we talked about this in the last episode, that one of the things that's most compelling about him is that he is emotionless. Yeah. He is always... There's that one opening scene where it's like weird that he's so angry. And then the rest of the whole trilogy, he never yells. Not a bit. And that's scary. And he like walks instead of running and stuff like that. And so Apology his whole origin accepted. story is that he is this person who has zero control of his emotions makes no sense. There's never a right. point where Anakin has control over anything. Nope. And that is not who Darth Vader is at all in the other movies. So he let is, me, if anything else, in control. So let me let me put a theological spin on this. Do it. For us. Not on the movies themselves, because I actually, for as much as we argue that there's good theology everywhere, I can't find good <laughs> theology in the prequels. What I can find in, in the thread that's been through this whole episode is the theology of the mystery box. Yeah. Sometimes... It is okay to not explore answers to life's bigger mysteries. Yeah. Sometimes it's okay to just let the unspoken stuff be the unspoken stuff. Yeah. Um, and and you can spend a lot of money and studio resources yeah. trying to get to the heart of something that will only leave you dissatisfied in the end. Like trying anybody that tries too hard, and again, it, uh, we're theologians at, at heart. Everybody is. Uh, that was another Twitter fight I was in this week. Um, <laughs> if, you th- if you think about God, you were a theologian. Yeah. Uh, we all get to why does God do X, Y, or Z. However, there is a big gnarly trap in why did God do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and sometimes it's okay to just be like, you know what? I don't need to know. I don't need to know. And I'd be disappointed if I did. Yeah. Um, 
I think that's a piece of this is like George Lucas wanted to go unravel something that we were actually all okay not knowing. Yeah. Well, and he wanted to unravel again because he thought he was a genius because everybody was telling him that. He went into it without a plan. Right. So I, th- I mean, you could go with that as like, it's good to know what you're doing, like the reason why you're doing something yeah. before doing it. And it's clear that they didn't know. He knew we were going to end, but he didn't know how he was going to get there. But he knew he wanted three movies. Yeah. Because that's and that's why you have two movies where nothing happens. They have no reason to exist other than to make money and display special effects. Yep. And then the third movie, it's so the way yeah, and 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 you could have spread that movie out over three movies. Oh, I think that the the other thing that uh, I mean to get to a a real theological term, the depravity of humans. Yeah. What's that means? What that means is that everybody is broken. Mm -hmm. All of us are sinful. All of us are fallen. Uh, none of us are good, and none of us will ever be good on our own. And in a sense, I would say that that principle holds well to Darth Vader. Some people are evil because people are evil. Yes. And you don't need a mitigating factor that has made that person evil. And so when you try to parse out, why was Hitler Hitler? Because he didn't get it into doesn't, art school. Yeah, and it doesn't make it any better. It doesn't make it any easier to understand. There's a lot of people who went through bad stuff who didn't become Hitler. Right. There's a lot of people I'm who I'm pretty go, sure a lot of people got rejected from art school. Yeah. You know, like, and and had the hard stuff that he did. But there's something about evil that is just evil. And when you try to rationalize it, you both you either undercut it or you actually are just being false about it. Yeah. From a narrative standpoint, you undercut it. Like obviously Darth Vader's not a real person. Right. Uh, but to but, try to explain that's why every um like horror movie that tries to do an origin of like where did Michael Myers come from or how did Freddy get where like they're not interesting. Yeah. Because to find out how something became evil never is satisfying. Yeah. Because the heart of it is we're all just evil. Well, <laughs> we're th- all just broken. I think you've given some thought to this too just now. Just now. I don't think George Lucas knows what to do with evil. No. He doesn't um, know what to do with any human emotions. Because like even Darth Vader's ultimate evil as described by uh, George Lucas is he doesn't want his loved ones to die. Yeah. That's not actually that's evil. That's not, not evil at all. Right? Yeah. Like, that's that's totally altruistic. Yeah. And it could uh, be compelling of, like, be I, to save my loved ones, I'm willing to do evil stuff, which sure. I think where he's trying to go, but he doesn't do he it. He never went there. Way. That no. kind of sell your soul to the devil to save the people that you love. That's that's classic kind of Faustian deals and stuff right. like that. At which point, him strangling Padme on the hangar makes 0% None sense. None right? at all. Like it, and he, why is Obi-Wan his enemy? Like that, right. there, it's just because it serves the plot that doesn't know what it's doing. It's like, I don't know, I guess he's mad at Anakin be, or Obi-Wan because he thinks he's with uh, Padme, I guess. Yeah. There you go. And then they fight. And now he's Darth Vader. Like that, as we, as humans, um, as we try to navigate a world where there's a lot of evil, um, we like to assign blame. And assigning blame is what the prequels are trying to do. No kidding. <laughs> and trying to say, here's why it happened. Here's whose fault it is. It's all this. And sometimes it's it's good to recognize accountability and to do stuff like that. But sometimes when we spend so much of our energy um, trying to figure out who screwed this up, then we can miss, the, which is the real point of the original trilogies, yeah. that we can fix this. Yeah. That because the the whole I know there's good in the you. whole point of the yeah I know there's good in you I'm a Jedi like my father before me yeah. and I see it in you and I'm gonna help you see it in yourself yep. through me and so that is the most Christian message that we can have that uh, the redemption is that we don't give up on each other and that even the most evil character who we can never fully understand what led him there. 
that in order for him to be saved, he doesn't have to say, I did it. I committed all these things and I'm so terrible. He just has to have someone love him and see goodness in him, see the image of God in this other human being. Yes. And that is covered up by a robot and by evil, that beneath all of this, there is something savable. And it doesn't need to have justice or to have to pay for it or have, like suffer to get all that, like that, that we can just give of ourselves. Yep. And the prequels do nothing. Yep. They don't help us to understand evil. They just make it more confusing. They make Darth Vader less compelling because it's really inconsistent with everything that Darth Vader is before that. And at the end, the moral is confusing. Trying to save people is bad. Uh, yeah. Trying to... that The way that Obi-Wan exhibits love is by cutting off his arms and legs and leaving him to burn to death. That yeah. makes no sense. None of it makes any sense. And it doesn't end... It's not to say that it doesn't make any sense because evil wins, because evil wins in an empire, and that makes a lot of oh sense. Oh my gosh, in the best possible way. Yeah, and evil wins because uh, the good would not give in to evil. So evil doesn't really win, and that Luke gets away right. and doesn't follow his father because death is better than selling your soul. Yep. But it ends with kind of everything going bad. And this one ends with everything going bad, but not really because we know where it's going to go. Right. And there's still no reason for it. And so we can spend a lot of our time trying to assign blame and trying to uh, focus on, well, this person's evil and, and therefore they're bad. But if we aren't willing to then say, but I'm willing to help them become better. I'm willing to spend time with them. Uh, I'm willing to... We're coming a couple of weeks after Thanksgiving, which tends to be the time where we sit down with those people that we wish we weren't that you may you may have had you may have encountered them. This is not for everybody, but right. maybe you're sitting across the table with people who politically you don't agree with, who personally you don't agree with, who, and you either have to hold your tongue or you're going to get into some arguments. Yeah, and um, a lot. It's real easy with bigoted people, with people that we disagree with politically, with people that we um, have major issues with, that we can just say, "I'm just going to write that person off." They they voted for this person, or they did. They say have these feelings, so therefore I'm just going to. Yep. I'm going to bite. I'm going to. Bite my tongue for the two hours that we have to sit across the table, and then we watch the football together, and then I'll leave. Yeah. And Luke refuses to do that. In, yes. In the in the original trilogy. Yes. And that's that's what we need to we need to hold on to the idea. Come that, to think of it, and and it's not about changing him either. No. Like he doesn't say once you become like me, then you'll be okay. He just says I'm just going to save you he, even as you. He are. doesn't even set it preconditionless. No. I will no. save you if you blah 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 yeah. blah blah. Yep. There's good in him. He just keeps and even back come with me. There's he tries to save him at the very end after he has redeemed him. Yeah. He tries to save him, and then Vader. I'm still not calling him Anakin. No. Vader at that point says, "No, leave me. Yeah. You've already saved me, which is amazing. It's a great. Oh, what a bet. That's a such now a, watch those movies. <laughs> to tee up the next conversation, I yeah, love. Yeah. I don't know if you've caught this in the new trilogy, which we waited a healthy amount of time for. Uh, yeah. There was a good good break. Two thousand five to twenty fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, Ten years. Ten years. Uh, the opening line, the first spoken line, not the scroll, but the first spoken line, is the old guy giving Poe the map. Yeah. And the movie opens with the line, "This will begin to set things right." Yes. And I argue, oh. I, uh, unaware of what Episode Nine is going to do, and I'm scared to death of it. Oh man, I am too. <laughs> um. But I think the the follow up sequel makes things right, yeah, or at least tries to, yeah. Um, so we'll come back to that. And I think one other here's a really shallow kind of lesson to take from this too. 
we are two people who clearly love Star Wars. Yeah. We like to talk about it a lot. Well, I've got we're a great also, Twitter question. We're also today. two people who hate these <laughs> these movies. Oh my gosh! And we're willing to not give up on <laughs> Star Wars because no. of these terrible movies. I will be there with my friends yeah. at midnight and not being there, like look at this dumb stuff. Like I no. think that it's. I have faith in every Star Wars movie that I'm going to see that it's going to be good. Yeah, I know that that's stupid and fanboyish and like what like it's a, it's fanatical, um, but it's I it's the optimist in me that feels like I know that there are good stories here and I know that they could tell them well. And for this to put that much on a movie, it's kind of silly, but to know that um, these three movies don't define Star Wars, and to my liking, you can just never look at them again and they're fine yeah uh because they again i think they make the movies worse they make darth vader a less compelling character they're really confusing they add in a lot of rules like we never talked about the fact that uh r2d2 is like a swiss army knife who can do anything he wants fly and fly since when why does that not work later why are all the ship technologies way better in the prequels than they are in the original trilogy because technology anyway we we aren't always going to understand where evil's coming from Uh -uh. but that's not our our job as christians and our job just as human beings is not to try to find evil is try to find good yes and these movies are about defining evil in a very clumsy and stupid way um but really at the heart of it we need to think more like the end of the of the first trilogy which is finding good even in the worst possible places yes that's something that we can go home with 100 percent. so here's what i'd like you to do for a twitter question this yes, week. On, yes yes on rough the pastor on twitter or roughing the pastor on instagram if you've made it to this point in the podcast, if you have hung with us oh, yeah. and listened to our nerdy discussion about the prequels and how much we hate them, I would simply like you to just reply, present, so as to indicate that you have made it all let's, the way through this episode. Yeah. And That's last. It. Let's, well, let's do it just, a hashtag. Hashtag. Well, wait, what'd you call the tick monster? The tick monster. Uh, the tick cows. Yeah. Okay. Hashtag, hashtag surfing tick. the tick cows. <laughs> Okay. okay. So yeah, present. Please, please respond. Present, and then hashtag surfing the, surfing tick, the cow. tick cow. So we know that you got here. Uh, so it'll, it, I know at least three of us have done it. You, yeah. me, and Rachel. That's yeah, obviously. And we'll uh, see who else gets there. I'm just. So it'll also be interesting to see. I mean, do this even if you don't usually tweet. That's all you have to tweet because it'll be interesting to see like at what point people listen to these. Because yeah. I know people. There's a wave of people who are like a couple months behind. Yeah. Somebody was just talking about uh oh the quarters at Aldi. Oh Liam. yeah, Liam was listening. Yeah, that one's from the horror movie one, I think. Yeah, or Halloween. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? I was thinking about that last night when I got my quarterback from my. I was too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, if you want to, I mean, beyond that too, if you want to give us, let me tell us what you, what your thoughts are on the prequels. Oh yeah, we are just too. I will engage that. Women. I will engage that yeah. every day. Yeah, and also knowing that we were not little kids when these came out. We were both still within the market very much. We were 15 and 19, or 16 and 19, respectively, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when the first ones came out, and then ended at 25 and 22. Sure. And so uh, we were still well within it. But I'm if you not were, sure I saw the last one in the theater. I saw it like four I'm, times. I, I saw have, all of these multiple times in the theater. I might have given up by then. Uh, but so if you were like 10 when these came out, or yeah. if you were three when they came out, like I was with the first one. You may have a very different opinion. Yeah. So, I mean, if these were the your Star Wars movies, you have a very different opinion about it. So tell us what, and, and we didn't mean to mock it, because uh, I know yes, the we lot, did. Well, a lot of people <laughs> say a lot of trash about Jedi, and I defend it to a certain degree, but there's a point at which I realize, like, yeah, there's a bunch of teddy bears at the end of this one, and maybe that's kind of stupid, but I think yeah. it's great. Yeah. Um, so let us know what you think about that. All right. Well, we'll be back next week, which is the week of The Rise. Skywalker.
so excited. I'm so nervous. Till then. It's also Christmas time. I hope you guys are enjoying your Christmas stuff. And uh, I mean, we're in we're in Advent time because yes. we're theologically. Because we're waiting. We're liturgical, yeah. folks. Everything should be purple right now. No, uh, it should be blue. I'll fight that to what? the death. Yeah. The coming king is purple. Then Prince. Lent needs to be something else. Until ah. next time, I'm Jay. And I'm Tyler. And this has been Roughing, Roughing the, the Passer. Passer. Thanks, everybody, for sticking around. And present. Hashtag. <laughs> Surfing, Surfing the tick cap. The tick cap. <laughs>